your home of the Pens and the best Pens coverage. WXDX FM Pittsburgh and iHeart Radio Station. Yesterday, I said that the Penguins right now are a better team than the team that left the ice with the Stanley Cup after Game 6 in Nashville last year. I really believe that's true. You got Latang now. You got Broussard now. You got Zach Aston Reese now. Hornquist is 100% now. But this year's team has a bigger element of risk. It's a better team, but if Matt Murray gets hurt long-term, the Penguins are in trouble. If a top-four defenseman gets hurt long-term, the Penguins are in trouble. Last year when Murray got hurt, Flurry stepped up. He's gone now, and that was always going to happen. Last year when Latang got hurt, you still had Daly, and Hainsey stepped in and stepped up far beyond expectations. The Penguins have more depth and insurance up front than ever, but in the back, there is definite risk. Risk that really could not have been avoided and risk that would still be there if Ian Cole hadn't been traded. Sick again, brought to you by 84 Lumber. Helping you build the right way since 1956. Uh, Again, to get back to, because this is so amusing, the uproar over Cole's departure is maddening. But like I said, it's amusing too. I had one guy on Twitter chide me because I won't accept the fact that Cole is a top four defenseman. The guy said it like three tweets in a row. You won't accept the fact, all caps, the fact that Cole is a top four defenseman. And I'm like, uh, look, Cole has never been a top four defenseman. Not in St. Louis, not in Pittsburgh, and not now in Columbus. And this Jamoke is like, well, wait till next year. He's going to get $5 million a year and be top four somewhere. That's a fact, unquote. And I'm like, no, it's not a fact. It's a prediction and one that won't come true. Wow. I think it's interesting that Connor Sherry scored more goals as Sherry and not Sherry. This year, before he told us his name was pronounced Sherry, he had six goals in 14 games as Sherry. Since then, as Sherry has six goals in 47 games. He effed up. Should have left well enough alone as I've heard it said quite often uh, since the Penguins got Derek Broussard. And what I like about the people saying, ah, they should have kept Cole, they should have kept Cole, they should have kept Cole, they still want to have Broussard too. Like whenever I say, well, do you want to give Broussard back? Ah, no, 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 but they should have kept Cole. Let's go to David Fox Chapel. Dave. You're on with these super genius. Hey, Mark, I know you think the Penguins right now are better than they were last year, but at the same time, you said earlier in the year when they were struggling that the fatigue from all those games was coming back. 
Uh, do you think they're past that now, or do you think that's the possibility of rearing its head? You know, as, I think it, it has a possibility of uh, of rearing its ugly head again, but they seem to have gotten past it for now. Uh, you know, they always say that a team can't flip a switch depending on the time of year, that they can't automatically play better when the games start to matter a little bit more. Maybe good teams can do that because it looks to me, Dave, like the Penguins have done and are doing exactly that, doesn't it? Yeah, definitely. I mean, do you do you think they actually knew that and kind of took it easy in the first few months, or is that I don't think not? I don't think they took it easy. I think it's hard to get your adrenaline going uh, in October when you've played so many important games that brought you great glory just a few months prior. Thank you for the call, Dave. Let's go to John in the van. John, you're on the Mark Madden show. Hey, Mark, I was a big lover of those skyscraper cones at Isley's, too. And this is a true story. The reason they don't have them anymore, they were starting to succumb to competitive pressure back in the 70s, and they were seen as an old-time store, and they wanted to change the image. And the the guy that owned it, it was a family-owned company, took all of those scoops that they had to have specially made, and he put them all in boxes and buried them under the ground so that no one in his stores would use them again. And then the old man died, and no one knows where they're at. Is that true? That is absolutely true. Well, there's got to be one scoop out there somewhere. There has to be something that survived this purge of the skyscraper cone. Uh, When's the last time an Isley's made a skyscraper cone? I think it was in the 70s sometime, and the, the company was starting to really have financial difficulties, and that's why they didn't make them, because... They were gonna. They thought about making new ones, but they were really expensive to make a whole bunch for all the stores, and so they just never did it. Am I correct in thinking that there's only three Isleys left, the one on the north side, the one in Westview, and the one in Washington, PA? That's it? I didn't even know there was one in Washington, PA, but I, I think there are two left. Well, uh, locally, Westview, you know, in Pittsburgh, Westview, and the north side, and I've not been in either in a long time. I think that the one in Westview, I, I don't know that the Isley company, whoever the owner was, owns any of them now. In fact, the one in Westview is called I period, S period, A period, L period, Y period. And, and, and the original name, Isley, was an acronym for I Shall Always Love You. No way. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's where the name of Isley's came from. Thank you for the call. That was interesting to me, but I do realize we've lost every single listener we had. Uh, reminiscing with that guy about the skyscraper cone. I would not regret that at all if I had a skyscraper cone right now. Oh, wait. On eBay, somebody sold an Isley skyscraper cone scoop for 125 bucks. I would pay more than that. I would pay double that. I'd pay 250 bucks for an Isley stainless steel ice cream scoop skyscraper cone. Absolutely, I would. That would be well worth it to me. If anybody knows where I can get a, a skyscraper cone scoop, please do tweet me at Mark Madden X or email me, supergenius at wxdx.com. We're going to have Mike Rupp at the bottom of the hour. And uh, Rupper tweeted out earlier today that uh, Taylor Hall should get NHL MVP. And he's somewhere below number 10 in the scoring race. But considering the Devils' lack of firepower without him and that the Devils are a one-line team when it comes to 
scoring punch. And what he's done, putting up the numbers he has, and the speed, and the drive, and the pace he sets for that New Jersey Devils team, I could buy that. I don't know if he should be the MVP, but Taylor Hall of the Devils should be in discussion for MVP. Uh, I don't know what is wrong in Edmonton, where a guy like him can underachieve so much with the Oilers. And then come to New Jersey, and there were some anxious moments when he initially got to New Jersey, but he is just a hunk of hunk of burn and love now with New Jersey, and Edmonton still stinks. Even with Connor McDavid, he's having a good year, 75 points in 63 games, but the Oilers are nowhere near the playoffs, and some people tried to invent them as the favorite in the Western Conference. Whatever it is Edmonton never had, they still haven't got. And Taylor Hall's proof that, boy, he went from a offensive powerhouse, at least perceived, to a defensive team, at least perceived. But now Taylor Hall, 68 points in 58 games, 14th in the league in scoring. But like I said, in the context of the Devils, that's real good. You know he's having a hell of a comeback season? Eric Stahl, 33 goals at age 33. Good for Stahl. Always liked all the stall boys, and and Big E is a class act and a great, great player. 412-333-9939. Let me know I can get those skyscraper cone scoops. i got to stop. Maybe I'll stop at the Islanders in Westview this weekend. Stuff like that as I get older, reconnecting with stuff that was important to me as a kid, like, like when I go to Conneaut Lake Park in the summer, that's real important to me now. And if that sounds silly to you younger folk, when you get old, oh, when you get old, I guarantee you will understand. By the way, Gino, six points off the scoring lead, no points last night. Kucherov hurt, don't know for how long. 105.9 The X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. Hey, Mark, check it out. Even as a kid, I was a super genius. I was the coolest white guy on the radio. <laughs> I think I'm the coolest guy, period, but what's up? The X at 105.9. Double M onto X, 412-333-9939. Uh, we got some guys who've been on hold. Let's go to them. Let's go to Daryl and Butler. Daryl, you're on the Mark Madden Show. Uh, good afternoon, Mark. Just had a quick question after last night's game. Do you think we got the right guy in the trade? Uh, because it looked like Grabner played pretty awesome, and I uh, just wanted to hear your thoughts on that. Grabner did play pretty awesome. Uh He's such a great skater, got a breakaway. He must get a breakaway or two every single game. But, no, uh, again, I keep coming back to what Mike Sullivan wants to do with his lineup. And if he wants to separate Kessel, Crosby, and Malkin onto separate lines by way of presenting a matchup nightmare for the other coach to deal with, then getting Broussard was absolutely the right move. Because Shea with Kessel didn't make sense. Nice try. Shea works hard. Decent enough player, but he can't play a regular shift five-on-five with Phil Kessel, and Kessel be expected to produce at the level needed. Kessel has done great on the power play. He's actually overachieved bit five-on-five, given who he's had to work with, although he did play with Malkin for a pretty big portion of the season. And I'm not ruling out that happening again. You know what I could see the Penguins doing if things go sour at some point? They might try Kessel back with Malkin 
and then you put together a, a grittier, more checking third line with, let's say, Broussard, Hornquist, and Haglin. Let's say Malkin ends up with Kessel and Zach Aston Reese when he's healthy. Broussard, Haglin, and Hornquist, that would be a tough line for the other team's number one line to play against. Hard-hitting, fast, and can, can get goals. So there are a lot of options available to Mike Sullivan, but if you want to separate the three big guns, uh, 87, 71, and 81, then getting a better center than Riley Shane was necessary. Don't you agree? I agree. Thanks, Mark. Thank you. Let's go to Shane in Boston. Shane, you're on with Double M. Double M, what up, man? What up, man? Uh, I just want to talk about Tristan Jari and Casey DeSmith. Um, I want to know if you have a personal favorite between the two while Matt Murray is uh, out. And do you think they're going to be just switching them back and forth, hoping one of them gets hot for the time being? Uh, no, I don't think Sully will switch them back and forth. Well, let me jump in and interrupt myself and say, uh, we don't know how long Murray's going to be out. But let's see he's right. out a couple weeks. I think if a goalie goes in there and plays a good game, he'll stay in for the next game. I don't think any goalie will play on back-to-back nights. You know, two games in two days. I don't think either of these goalies will do that. But I don't think he's looking to find a number one while Murray's out. I think he's looking to hold the fort and win as many games as possible with Murray out. And uh, as such, I think the goaltending without Murray will be a very, very liquid situation. 412-333-9939 is the number to call. Uh, here's another note on Isley's, which is killing the show, but I like to talk about it. Uh, Conroy Foods bought Isley's in 2015 from the uh, original family that owned it. And uh, a story on the sale says, quote, when investigating a box of Isley's memorabilia they received in the purchase, the Conroy's discovered an original skyscraper scoop an Isley store operational manual, and much to their surprise, all of the original ice cream formulas. The ice cream returned to market last year and has found steady demand. I did not know this. If you gave me a skyscraper scoop and their chocolate chip cookie dough ice cream, I could die easy. So uh, where can I get the Isley's ice cream? Like I said, this is easily ruining the show, but... uh, that ice cream is so good. I got to get a skyscraper scoop, too. God, if only I'd known that was on eBay. I would have gone on that auction on eBay and bid whatever it took. As long as it took and whatever it took. We got Mike Rupp joining me at the bottom of the hour. And uh, I think that the guy who has the most on the line for the Penguins in the next couple weeks is Connor Sherry. Let's say Zach Aston Reese is out a couple weeks. I think Sherry has to keep his job in that time. And if he doesn't, I think Reese jumps right in and Sherry becomes a healthy scratch. I think Connor Sherry has to play well while Reese is out and has to produce. Most importantly, has to produce while Reese is out or he's going to lose his job when Aston Reese comes back and should. You know, it's easy to say that, well, Connor Sherry was such a big part of two Stanley Cup championship teams. And he was. But that's not how you win a third. You know what the phrase that pays when you're trying to win a third Stanley Cup is? What have you done for me lately? And Connor Sherry with four goals in his last 41 games, 
has not done much at all lately for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Mike Rupp next, 105.9 The X. This is Carter Rowney of the Pittsburgh Penguins. You're listening to Mark Madden and the best hockey talk on your home of the Pens. 105.9 The X. Joining me now, the former Penguin and Stanley Cup champion with the New Jersey Devils. You can see him on AT&T Sportsnet and on the NHL Network. We welcome Mike Rupp. Rupp, are you tweeted that Taylor Hall of the Devils should be MVP? And after last night, I'm definitely willing to put him into that conversation. He was amazing, wasn't he? Yeah, he was. I, you know, it's I'm just kind of floating that out there because you got it's interesting and uh, everyone's got their own opinion on what that should be and if that's you know the uh, best player uh, in the league or if that's the most valuable to the team. And we've all talked about that time and time again. I think that if I was to throw out four names, I think it would be Kucherov, um, Gino, um, Taylor Hall, and probably Nathan McKinnon if but they that's not going to end up working if if Colorado doesn't make the playoffs so um but yeah Taylor Hall's been huge he's been a force for that team his point streak is something that's very unique but the way he's playing every night uh he's if it's not for him that's uh <laughs> That team could be a lottery pick and team. Oh, Rupert, so, uh, I, I, I'll agree with that wholeheartedly. You took the words right out of my mouth. If not for Taylor Hall, that team would have almost no offensive capabilities and it wouldn't be close to a playoff team. So if you're going by valuable, he might be most. Yeah, I think he's, he's certainly in it. I think the big thing is how he's going to finish these last number of games because it, here's the thing. For those type of players that are maybe the single guy on each team, they got to finish strong because um, what I'm seeing from Gino, um, you know, you've got to you've got to do something pretty spectacular individually to overtake what what Gino's doing in Pittsburgh here. Um, so uh, it, you know, you've got to go at least a point a game probably here on out and and keep winning if you're New Jersey and Taylor Hall. Is New Jersey a tough matchup for the Penguins? What would a series be like between those two teams? Speed versus speed. Um, I don't think it would be, I don't think it would be too bad for, for Pittsburgh. I, I think it'd be a, uh, a favorable matchup for Pittsburgh. Um, you know, the Pens, the Pens have, uh, the, they have, Devils have depth, but they don't have Penguins depth. Penguins have really good depth. And I think at some point, the biggest thing that's a little bit suspect for me is the D there in New Jersey where, I just don't think that they can they can take the lines rolling over and and, and going after them um, from the pens and I, I think that it's uh, star power will come into play there. Talk a lot about Taylor Hall and deservingly so, and even Corey Schneider if he gets if he gets back to being healthy. But that's a um, a lot of a lot of star power that they don't have there in New Jersey. So I, I actually think it'd be a pretty favorable matchup. What's your first impression of the new look Penguins rubber with Broussard and without Ian Cole? Um, it's going to take some time. I think uh, all these, I think some of these games that we've seen so far, uh, all the new guys seem to be scoring and getting points in the new places they're at, and uh, it's you know there might be a little bit of uh, adrenaline for all these guys getting in there playing right away. I think the biggest thing for the Pens though is just the long term just just chemistry just develop that chemistry you, you know you want Derek Broussard to find that chemistry with Phil Kessel um you want him to 
be able to play relaxed and slotted in the, in the third line center position where you can, you can make it basically where every line you throw out there is going to have the other team on their toes. And, uh, I think it's going to take a little more time, um, than, than maybe some of the individuals that we've seen bounce around a little bit, but, uh, I, I like it. I mean, it's, uh, how can you not like it? You look at that. You at least got Crosby, Malkin, Broussard for two playoff runs down the middle at a minum. So uh, that would, that, that's something that every team would be drooling over. Are the Penguins a three-line team now? I look at their top nine and I figure, how much does the fourth line really need to play? And it barely did play last night. Yeah, it's, it is. It is. Um, I, I think that it's a lot of times in those fourth lines, I've always been a big advocate of that is is that's where you get a lot of your penalty killing from you know you should have your I, i'm never i've never been really a big fan of having guys in your top six um killing penalties especially come playoff time yeah there's some risk involved there to be sure yeah, how how dumb is it to throw you know your leading scorer out there and block a shot and break his foot so uh <laughs> you gotta throw the meat out there to do that then uh usually that's your your bottom six but no it's um, you know, it, the, the, the lines, uh, the fourth line will kind of be almost like a feeder, I think, for the top three. They're going to play the most minutes, but the fourth still got to be solid and still got to chip in. And, um, I think they'll have the capability of it. And just, just to give that energy, um, it, it's something that, uh, you're going to, uh, maybe see a, a little plug and play type players where if you have a guy that's, struggling up in one of those other spots well then you you bounce him down in the fourth and bounce that guy up so um it'll kind of keep everybody accountable i think with the fourth line but they probably won't play a ton how bad is the drop off from ian cole to matt hunwick rupper and in what ways uh people are really down on hunwick right now uh in cole's departure but hunwick got more minutes in last year's playoffs with toronto than any other leafs defenseman so i guess mike babcock thinks he's okay yeah, I mean he he, he he's just different. I mean, you saw him in the game yesterday, jumping in there in the offense and in the offensive zones. He does some of those things. Does that mean that this Penguins team needs him to do those? Probably not, because you have Chris Letang, you have Justin Schultz, you have other guys capable of doing those things. I think we're used to seeing that um, five, six defensemen maybe being a little bit more just protecting your own net and doing the little things on the defensive side. Uh, Matt Hunwick can do everything pretty well, but he, uh, where he's more comfortable is jumping and using those legs and getting going up ice and being in the offense. So I think it's about him adjusting his game because we're used to seeing Ian Cole blocking shots with every piece of his body, you know, getting hit in the face and drawing penalties and doing all those things. And, and this is a different player now. And I like, I, I like Matt Hunwick, Matt Hunwick, even dating back when he was with the Rangers before he went over um, to Toronto, he was one of their top defensemen, too, for for a good little stretch there, too. So he's got it in him. He's just got to find that right little niche for him to uh, be able to excel and, and play to, to his strengths. We're talking to Mike Rupp. He's brought to you by Auto Palace Porsche and by WindowNation.com. Uh, the Penguins allowed 38 shots on goal last night. They didn't take real good care of the puck, did they? Kind of sloppy on the part of Pittsburgh. Yeah, isn't it crazy though that you'd finally say a day where the New Jersey Devils had 38 shots on goal? That'd usually be about three games worth for the Devils back in the day. But uh, this that Devils team, they're they're fast. Um, they'll get going on that offense, and uh, 
but you got to manage the puck against them because, again, like I said, you look at those two teams head-to-head. I like the build of the Devils. I like their depth. I like their moves they made. And starting to add, you know, now in this next game, you'll have a Patrick Maroon for them in the lineup. It adds a lot of depth, but it's not the same depth in star power as in Pittsburgh. So you don't want to give them, you don't want to cut the ice in half. You don't want to turn the puck over and give them free outs to generate offense. So um, I think that's the biggest thing against a team like that is you just need to, you need to make them come 200 feet. And if they can come 200 feet and generate offense, then you can tip your hat a little bit. But uh, when you, when you give, give up the puck and don't manage it, um, to your ability, then you know you're giving them a, an easy game. Is Connor Sherry's lineup spot in jeopardy because he's small and he's fading? No shots on goal last night in 13 minutes. Rupper, uh, it's lucky for him. Zach Aston Reese is hurt right now. I think. Yeah, you could say that. I think that there's a, a guy right there, and and I think Connor Sherry has been a really unique spot this year where we've seen him get moved around a lot. And that's one of the great things I think Coach Sullivan does is he moves guys around. He knows it works. He knows which guys have some chemistry and he can go to in a pinch. Um, but I don't think by any stretch that that's that they're married to to him being on that top line. Um, they can move that in a, in any instance. And I think that that's what's great. And whenever you get Zach Aston Reese back and his other experience that we've seen and. Uh, you know, earlier on when we saw uh, Dominic Simone and these guys that can just jump in. Is it a long-term fix? Mm, maybe not, but it's as long as you can show that you can do something in that short window, you might get a kick at it because it seems like it's a, it's a rotating seat a little bit. It's funny, Rupper, because I think the Penguins are better now than last year. Better right this second than they were after Game 6 of the Stanley Cup Final. They got Latang, uh, they got Broussard now, but I think they're more vulnerable now than last year. A long-term injury to Murray or to a top-four defenseman, that could put them in a lot of trouble, couldn't it? Yeah, I agree with you 100%. The, this team, I like this team, which is silly to even admit right now because they just won two, two Stanley Cups in a row. I like this team today at the end of February quite a bit more than I liked them the last two years in February. So um, I think that they're set up in a nice way, but that's the Achilles heel the goaltender position and not reading into it at all. Matt Murray, hey, listen, if Matt Murray's healthy, it won't be an issue at all. It will not be an issue at all. But if he's if he's not healthy or something happens and he's going to miss a little bit of time, I really love what Tristan Jari's been this year. I really love what Casey DeSmith's been this year. I think they both have been spectacular when called upon. But the fact of the matter, they're not Marc-Andre Fleury, and they don't. They, that's the only position that I feel like – this team almost has to hold their breath a little bit. And um, other than that, I, 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 it's just gearing up again for another one and trying to get that third one in a row. And, they, and they look at, they're looking pretty good. We've talked about a matchup uh, with the Devils already. In the Metro Division, which team would be the toughest matchup for Pittsburgh in the first round and which would be easiest? Um, I would say... Toughest matchup in the first round. If 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 Columbus would ever get going, I still think that that's a tough one. I mean, when I look at those other teams, I just don't I don't see the threat that Columbus has. They have a goaltender that can that can steal games. Yeah, but they he have. doesn't against Pittsburgh, does he? No, he doesn't. He doesn't. And uh, but then you've got quite a bit of depth 
they made some ads in there and, and added some offense and some depth players. Uh, I mean, in theory, I would say them, but it sure as heck don't look like it right now. Um, so I would I, that, that would be one concern and an easier one for the Penguins. Uh, I, I would have to assume if for some odd reason they matched up with, say, if, if the Islanders got in. If something happens and the Islanders got in, I think that would be I, I don't think the Islanders are going to get in. And by the way, I'm shocked they didn't add anybody at the deadline, Rupper. But right now the Penguins would play Philadelphia, and I think they would kill Philadelphia. Philadelphia is yeah. so weak in the back, goaltending in on the blue line, except I'd hate to play Philadelphia because what if you don't beat them? There's so much baggage in that rivalry. Yeah, well, that's that's a little bit of a wild card, though, for me because I know it's been a number of years now because the Flyers haven't been very good, but that's kind of been that. It's Most of these guys weren't even on the team when they, you know, back then, but the core was. And I, I don't know, it's just an unsettling feeling knowing what Claude Giroux and the Philadelphia Flyers do to certain players. And, uh, you know, next thing you know, everyone's going squirrely and trying to fight everybody, and we all remember how that was. So um, they're a team that, for whatever reason, has this ability to, uh, to, to just annoy and just get under the skin by just simply putting that jersey on. So uh, I, I think it would be nice to avoid that team. But I agree with you. I think that the Penguins would be able to beat them pretty pretty handily as long as you don't fall into their, you know, gimmicky uh, trying to trying to make it about something else rather than just winning hockey games. Rupper, great stuff as always. We will do it again next week. All right, thanks, Mads. That is Mike Rupp. He's brought to you by Auto Palace Porsche. Make every day a Porsche day with a new Bacon, uh, and by Window Nation. Get two free windows with every two you buy, plus zero percent for eighteen months at WindowNation.com. And that's way too much sponsorship to read. 105.9 X. And now the super genius, Mark Madden. This is one of those two-chin strap, bring the duct tape type of affairs. What the? They're going to make us play a wild card game. It's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair. The X at 105.9. Uh, I was reading the dead spin account of uh, Kevin Colbert speaking today about Ryan Shazier. Uh, we will not play in 2018, but he's going to be part of the team, whatever that means. But if it helps Shazier recover, I'm all for it. Shazier has said he wants to play again and, in fact, play well enough to make the Hall of Fame. I don't often quote Deadspin, but here's something that uh, reflects my opinion. Quote, it's encouraging that the uncertainty surrounding Shazier is no longer about whether he'll be able to regain his core motor functions. Even if it's grimy how the Steelers used his public appearances to squeeze goodwill out of his existence while they kept everyone in the dark about the specifics of his injury. Unquote. Yup, grimy is a, a good word. On a more pleasant note, two people have emailed me saying they might be able to get me a Isley skyscraper ice cream scoop. I'm looking forward to that. Also, there's reportedly an Isley's in Turtle Creek as part of a market down there. An Isley's Deli, so that would make four Isley's still in existence. I'm joined now by Bob McLaughlin. Bob brought to you by 84 Lumber. Bob, where do you stand on Isley's? Are you an Isley's fan? Monster Isley's fan, Mark. Uh, there was one right at the entrance to South Park, right near Bethel Park, where I grew up, and that's one of my first memories of Pittsburgh. In fact, I dare say it's where I f- saw my first booby. Because of the drive-in and movie Isley's. theater. The drive-in movie theater right across the street. Remember that South Park drive-in? I don't. 
Well, we used to go there. A ton of people used to go there on Sundays, either after church or for whatever. If we were good, we always went to Isley's, and we were there eating one night, and the drive-in theater, I think, was playing Friday the 13th or something. You some could see movie. the screen. You could see the screen because the fence always fell down or was tore down by kids I may or may not have grown up with. Well, I got to tell you, that happened to me at, at, a, at the right age, an Isley skyscraper cone and a booby. I might have done the m- metaphorical dishes right then and there, Bob, so to speak. Although, at this point, I just want more ice cream. You know what else? Speaking of that, of you trying to find those skyscraper cones, you know that some of the people that work there over the years, people have those in their house. And no now, question. Now that you've talked about one going on eBay for one you're going to see some more on eBay, I think. Well, like I said, a couple people are trying to get one for me. And I'm sure they'll make me pay, but I will pay. And to have a skyscraper cone with the original scoop with the Isley's ice cream on sale again... That would be really cool. I would really like that. What I would try to do is find a picture of the skyscraper cone so I could get the right kind of cone right. to, to, to make an Isley skyscraper. Bob, your thoughts on the uh, NFL's Pizzagate? Uh, they've gone from Papa John's to Pizza Hut. I didn't realize Papa John's opted out a year early of the commitment to be the official pizza for the NFL, and now it's moved over to Pizza Hut. i got to be blunt. Uh, do we have endorsements with either one? I, I believe Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut's a friend of the show. Really? Yeah. Well, and my kids love Pizza Hut. Okay, well, then it's not as bad as Papa John's. But uh, what, what's your take on people who go to places like that, like the, the chain places, Papa John's, Pizza Hut, and, and that ilk, and ignore all the great mom and pop pizza shops we have in Pittsburgh because they are many and they are great. Oh, they absolutely are. And I've seen the uh, back and forth on Twitter today also, and I'm glad you brought it up. Um, the reason I've been to Pizza Hut a couple of times in the last year because my kids get coupons for free personal pan pizzas from Pizza Hut when they do like book reading club or they get good grades or something like that. But I am a lo- I am your neighborhood local pizza fanatic. Uh, I won't give you out the names, but I can think of four near where I live. And one, I have to travel a little bit. That's probably a 40-minute round trip, 20 minutes there, pick up the pizza 20 minutes back. Um, well, how often do you find a local pizza place that sucks? I'll give you a case in point. Uh, yeah. When, when, I, when I order in, you know, delivery, which isn't often, there's a pizza place on Troy Hill called Ron's Pizza, which I've gotten pizza from for years, and it's great. <laughs> I mean, it's not like, you know, like like Fiori's or Slice on Broadway great, but it's it's it's... it's Delivery, and it's very, very, it is great. I mean, maybe it is as good. I don't know. I, I get it not often. I've tried to stay away from pizza uh, more than I used to, but it's really good. You know, um, my brother gives up pizza for Len every year, and I think he's absolutely crazy. I don't know how he does it uh, because of all the local pizzas around here. But pizza is a, local pizza is a mainstay in the McLaughlin household. I can tell you that. Um, and like I said, Mark, I forgot about Slice on Broadway right down in Carnegie now. I've made that trip how many times, and I didn't even put them in my list of four or five go-tos. Yeah, it, it's it, it's my favorite pizza, to be sure. Now, getting back to sports, because this is nominally a sports talk show, uh, what's your take on Connor Sherry and how far he's fallen? Four goals in his last 41 games. I think it is very fortunate for him that Zach Aston Reese is injured right now, and I think uh, during whatever time Aston Reese is out, 
Sherry's playing for his jersey. What say you, Bob? Yeah, I agree with that 100%, Mark. Not only did he not have any shots last night, but I can think of maybe two or three instances where he got a pass that he should have just put right on net, and it was either at his feet or it fumbled off his stick, or you know, I know one, he had to do a quick skate stop to get it, um, and nothing came out of it. Uh, he's having some troubles right now. Uh, I enjoy his style of play, though. I think he you know, is giving it his all right now, but he's just in a funk. Um, well, it, you know, you know what is 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 shaking me the most about him is he's making mistakes at both blue lines. It's not like he's just shanking shots and failing to get on the score sheet, but he's actually hurting the team. Yeah. I, I've always said if he doesn't get points, he doesn't help. But he's hurting. He's making mistakes in bad spots on the ice. And there were a couple times last night where he had a chance to get fill the puck in a very dangerous position, and he failed to do so. Yeah, like I said, just a funk right now. It's not going well for him. Um, we've seen other players play their way out of it. And, you know, we've talked about him in the past, Mark, having the hands, having the skill, specifically having the speed. So hopefully that all comes back. And while Zach Aston Reese is out, hopefully not long, because I know a lot of people, including myself, like his game also. And I, I did get a laugh out of Steigerwald yesterday. He, I think he was talking about me comparing Zach Aston Reese to Patrick Hornquist because, you know, I said that they both go to the net and they could kind of be the same player. But, yeah, he did shoot me down yesterday on that one. Well, I think Horny's just more of an old-school throwback. Yeah. A, a sadistic, you know, so-and-so in front of the opposition net, whereas I think Aston Reese is more scientific in front of the other net. More skills, too. Like, uh, Hornquist, I think, is just brutal about it. He just gets it done. He stays in there until it's done. I think Zach Aston Reese has a little bit more tools in the toolbox, I think you'd like to say, um, and he can do it a couple of different ways. I think ways. if Horny had tools in the toolbox, he'd yank out a wrench and <laughs> bash somebody over the head with it. Good to have him back. Uh what about the Pens now being a three-line team? That struck me very quickly last night when I realized that the fourth line was barely playing at all, and it wasn't like you had to abandon using them to try to make up a multiple-goal deficit. That game last night was never more than a one-goal margin either way. And a weird game last night in that, you know, in not rolling the four lines and changing a lot. Um, I know that Sid's had a lot of his line mates changed over the last few weeks, you know, actually during his entire career. Well, uh, I, I do know Sid liked being back with Gensel. You know how I know? I said, hey, Sid, was it good to be back with Gensel? And he said yes. Well, good. Check that one off because I like Gensel with Sid also. Um, and Gensel got two points, so it, yep. it worked. So it works, yeah. Um, I don't know what I think about just going to three lines right now. I thought that once you got well, I mean, that Bob, strong... They're, they're obviously going to dress for. Well, but, right. but, I mean, but I just don't see the fourth line playing much. What, what shocked me was I knew Ronnie would get time on the PK, but I thought Kuhn Hockle would too. Didn't play one second on the PK last night. Which, un I didn't even notice that, Mark. And when you mentioned it earlier in the show, I kind of looked up and, you know, wow, that's that's the stat you notice right away. Kuhnhockle, how many times have you had guests on that say, hey, look, this is a coach's son. He knows the game. This guy does everything well, or he does, you know, the penalty kill, some of the other stuff. Very well, you can count on him. Four minutes, I don't think, is enough for him. He needs to get a little bit more. Well, I don't know about that. I mean, why does he need to get more? Just because, I mean, I thought the whole point was to get four centers, you know, and then build off of that so that you could roll four lines. Now you've Bob, got four centers. I think that lines. was the stated point. I'm not sure it was the point. I think what we saw last night with Shane jumping up at left wing in certain situations to get him a few more shifts, maybe they're not a three-line team. Maybe they're a 10-forward team. Well, then maybe some of us Pens fans have been bamboozled. If it works, it works. And it's what I would do. Yeah, it's one game. 
<laughs> you know, people are jumping off the cliff already because they lost in Broussard's Bob, debut. if they were literally jumping off the cliff, I would be in favor of that. <laughs> oh, uh, today, I was watching All in the Family this morning, a rerun. It was the one where Archie goes out on the window ledge to talk a jumper back in and doesn't realize he's out on the window ledge until he's out on the window ledge for a couple minutes. I never, he's, so, he's so like caught up in the moment. I never got that when I was younger. And now it is just such a tremendous show. Because when you're younger, you don't understand all the subtext and all the stuff they're really talking about. And now that you do, they're like, how did they get away with that? There was uh, one the other day where Edith wanted to contribute to a charity. And she goes, but Archie, how can I say no? And he goes, like this, Edith, no. <laughs> That's Bob McLaughlin brought to you by 84 Lumber. Up next, going to talk about the haters of Matt Hunwick. 105.9 The X.